your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to Selk Grassroots, a podcast network bringing you your daily fix of all the news from around grassroots. This series of podcasts is called The Big Interview, hashtag stay strong. I'll be interviewing many people from around the grassroots um, community, matching up our football lives and our mental health lives and how much football can have an effect, positive or negative, on our lives. Let's get on with it. So the first interviewee on the big interview hashtag stay strong series is the person that brought that hashtag into my life, Mr. Nick Pitt. How you doing, sir? Hello, sexy boy. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. You alright? Very well. A bit disappointed to uh, not have football, but if it is only 28 days, I think I can just about cope. Yeah, I think this is uh, hopefully a light at the end of a tunnel. Um, so not like last time we, where we were a bit in the dark, so to speak. You know, there seems to be a bit of uh, a bit of promise. So fingers crossed for that for that for that um, section that we can't plan. We can get back to it in December. Let's hope so. Let's fucking hope so, eh? At least at least a few games before Christmas. Absolutely. Before they shut it all down again. Yeah. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So let's get into the questions. The reason yep. you're the reason you're here. Um, tell us a bit about your footballing life. Um, we don't well, need to go. I, we don't need to go all the way back to the black and white days. <laughs> How old do you think I am? <laughs> let's talk talk about what you get up to now and what you've been up to over the last couple of years. Uh, so the main the main focus for me and has been for the last few year, for years sorry is Farnborough as I'm sure everybody knows and you know um, so that for me has been I, I came to Farnborough um, as part of the original uh, Sunday reserves who were playing in the OBD SFL Division five I think or four at the time um, was run by Jordan Glenn who is now part of Kent Sands United. Um, so I, I went there I uh, had a couple of mates that I knew there and they just they were looking for players so I went there with my brother Charlie um, stayed there for a couple of years um, I think I think we were I think we won I think the first season I was there we won one game all season that's how bad we were um, and then uh, people decided to, to come and go and there was a it was the year after the Saturday first team won promotion to the Kent County Prem yeah uh, it, it it was then. Um, so I, I, I'm not. I don't want to sort of delve into too much about what exactly happened. But Matt Ellis, Luke Johnson, um, and it was supposed to be Matthew Lenton uh, came in at the time and said, "Look, want to start playing Sundays? Want to start enjoying it, relaxing it a bit more?" Um, I don't know if if people um, sort of left from there on, but that was the time that people were leaving. There was a bit of a restructure, um, a bit of a reorganisation, and. Um, so myself and Charlie were one of the few um, standing original members that, that went on to basically win, um, back-to-back promotions, um, some cup wins. Uh, so, yeah, I was with them for about three or four years. And in the midst of that, uh, I played for the Saturday Reserves as well. Um, 
and it was in, into my second year playing for the Saturday Reserves. Uh, the manager at the time, James Pine, um, approached me and said, did I want to take the team over? Um, he was uh, in rehab for a bad ACL injury, um, so he wanted to concentrate on getting back to playing. Um, and he said to me, did you want to take it over? And having previously run a team in the old South London Alliance, I thought, you know what, Farnborough, good established team uh, in Kent. So I thought, you know what, fuck it, let's have some of that. And never looked back, really. And and every year we've grown, we've got bigger, we've got better. The club has, has grown massively, as, as you very well know yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from a reserves point of view, I think our best season to date so far was last season. Um, only losing one game all year to Meridian. Uh, we finished second before COVID uh, voided the season. Um, and, and we started well again this year, uh, bringing some good players into the club um, and really sort of establishing our, ourselves as a, as a Kent side. And for me, like for me personally, I've been planning this division five years now. And it's time for me to get out of this league now. So, if we can finish this 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 season, whether it be by points per game average or whether it be we actually finish the season, we have to be looking at, at promotion. And um, like I said, for me personally, I can't do the divvy teams that we have in this in this division three anymore. I can't do it. I need to. We need to be in that division two. So. Um, Having played for sort of lots of local teams and 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 now finally finding my feet at Farnborough, I think this will be somewhere where I, where I sort of see my days out. Whether that be through to staying with the reserves or whether that goes into playing vets football or or what. What's the mental challenge? What's the difference between being a player and being a manager? What what challenges do you face? What what are the what are the differences mainly? The the first one that springs to my brain. Um, when you're a player, you, you, you play with um, different responsibilities, and as a manager, you, you you look at a team in a completely different shape. Like I have to. If you're a manager, you know if you if you're a young manager and you you work with young players and you work with older players, you know that every team has got divas, every team has got different personalities, and you, you know. So for me initially I would say you play with you have to you have to find a way of, of, of balancing people's emotions and but then you also have to find the balance between playing your strongest team so but then on, on the flip side of it if you're a player some players just have the attitude and I've seen it for as long as I've been at Farnborough managing I've seen it. some people just want to turn up pay your money and then fuck off after the end of the game so there are lots of pros and cons and there are lots of differences between the two like one hundred percent. And if you're not a strong minded person then then it's not for you. What what does football mean to you on a day to day basis? Um I mean to me it, it's a it's an escape. It's um it's an outlet. It, it's it's an escape to um of the, the day, I don't want to say daily struggles because I'm not going to sit here and make this, you know, sort of a little bit depressing or whatever you want to call it. But it, it, for me personally, it's it's an escape. It's something that I can channel my energy and my focus into, whether that be um, geeing up the boys for a game or me thinking mentally about playing a game just on a Sunday for my, for my Sunday team, Greenwich Mariners. Um, so. It's it, for me. It, it it's a nice um, 
it's a nice escape from my daily routine. You know, my, my job, um, I'm, I work in repairs for the council, so you can imagine the things that I see from day to day. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to come away from from that. Um, Probably the uh, the accom- the accommodatory equivalent of those divvy teams in Div Three you're talking about that you see at work, isn't it? The residents that I have to deal with in shitty Croydon. So <laughs> you know, and, and and we'll come on to this later on. But there's a there's a there's a slight you know the way I look at things I do at work and things I do at football are slightly the same. So you know, it, it, going back to your original question, it's it, for me it's something that I can channel my energy on because I mean I don't have a lot in my life. I really you know I've, I've got a job, I've I've got a girlfriend, and I've got my football really, my family live at home with my parents still both my brother and sister have moved out so they've moved on and doing their own thing and you know so being at home on your own you do end up spending a lot of time on your own so I get you know there's there's a sense of excitement when I'm going out to play football whether that be during the week or whether that be at the weekends Is there a day that you, you're you not thinking or doing something football related? Um, I probably I probably think about football every day and the reason that for that it's because there's always something going on with the boys. There's always something happening. Um, my my day really to switch off from it is either a, a Tuesday or a Thursday if I'm going to be structurally if I'm going to structurally think about it. Yeah. Um, because Tuesday is usually the day that I see my bird. So she doesn't want to hear about. You know, she doesn't want me in that frame of mind. So I have to kind of switch personalities a little bit and you know and and spend time with her. And um, but it takes up. A lot of time, anyone will know if you run a football team or you're part of a, a management setup or or whatever, um, especially at a club like Farnborough. Um, but yeah, it's um, again, as you probably, you could probably say yourself, more recent times, it's something that you find yourself thinking about most days, really, especially mm-hmm. now, especially now that we're in this lockdown period. And now you're, you know, I found myself, I mean, we've only been in it, what, a week? Yeah. A week? Yeah. You know, I, we have a YouTube channel, um, which I'm sure Andrew will post the details of after this interview, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I, I've been watching some of the games back already, and I, mi- I really miss it big time. Like, And I know it's only been a week, but I don't know if it's because we had that stop-start um, situation, but you find ways of getting yourself through it and... But I'll be I'll be okay. I'll be fine, and, and a lot of people won't be. Um, but me having those thoughts and watching those those videos and having the chats with the boys and um, will help me get through it. That's the way, mate. I think um, having things like that to look back on is good preparation. Anyway, you didn't have that really in the summer, or if you did have videos recorded, they weren't recent ones. So having that from this season to look back on is is quite handy, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. How do you deal with winning? Winning. Um, as a manager, how do you deal with the wins? And as a player, how do you deal with having a good game? Because you still play, you're still player manager and you still yeah. play on a Sunday. So how do you deal with winning or having a good game in, in with both your sort of hats on? Um, I, I, you have to be careful because there's there's a line between the both between both of them. So obviously as we know social media is a big part of um, football now and Twitter is uh, more Twitter I would say I, I don't run an Instagram account for Farnborough or a Facebook account but the Twitter is more I think it's great it's brilliant it, it's, it can be your best friend at times it can be your worst enemy 
as you know yourself. Very much so. Um, <laughs> but winning games, to me, you have to be professional as a manager. Um, you have to... Um, uh, you have to deal... It's great. Everybody wants to win games. Nobody wants to lose a game. So I think you, you uh, being professional is the main thing. I'll I tell you what, uh, an example I will use is... Um, so my podcast that I run under your umbrella, I will I, I predict the games every week. If, if people listen, they know the, the run of the show and how it goes. Um, people get pissed off when I say that we're going to beat them. Um, <laughs> but that's just what it is. And a prime example... Of that was four weeks ago when, um, or four or five weeks ago when I predicted that we would beat Greenways away um, because you're never going to back, you know, against your own team. Yeah. Um, we went there. I was actually away for the weekend. Um, left capable people in charge, and they are capable, uh, but we didn't turn up, and we were shit, and we got beat three 0 and that's fine. But what what I don't do when we win games is I don't go and have a pop at other teams on Twitter. I've never done it. I don't think it's professional and I don't think it makes you, it doesn't show you in a good light going forward. No. Um, the reason I say that, so we lost 3-0 to Greenways and all of a sudden um, they and a couple of their boys jumped on Twitter and were calling me out, um, calling the club out um, and making themselves look like idiots. Um, I had, I had one of the guys down there begging me for the footage of the game um, for, you know, I was in the pub Saturday night, four messages without a response asking me for the footage um, becomes a bit beggy. Uh, a phone call from the chairman four days later to apologise for it all, you know, it, it just becomes silly. Um, so, as a manager, you have to remain professional, you have to have your sensible head screwed on. Yeah, say what you like behind closed doors and that's a no you know, you don't need to advertise it to the world like people do. Um, as a player, um, I, I mean, I've, I've never really been the type to, to gloat. I've, I've never been that. It's, n it's not the way I sort of deal with things, I suppose. I mean, if you know me as a person, you know that. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, it, it's great to win. Everyone wants to win. You have a laugh with the boys. You go home, you tell your girlfriend or your parents about the game or your, your siblings or whatever. And then you kind of just, d depending on the manner of the win, um, I mean, you will, when you came to watch us against uh, Kingsdale for Mariners last year on that top pitch at Long Lane. Yeah. Um, that that game was unreal. And I was on a buzz till about Tuesday after that game. <laughs> um, 90th minute, you know, and, and uh, just the, the way the game went. And so it really does depend on the type of game you play, who you play. But as I said, as a manager's point of view, you have to say professional because you never know when it's going to come bite you on the arse. And from a player's point of view, in my own perspective, you know, I... I'll do my things there and then at the ground after the game. Um, you know, you'll have the usual WhatsApp chats after the game. Oh, well done, boys. Banging, like, great win, blah, blah, blah. Um, but people people will then take... To, again, this is where Twitter can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Some people will take straight to Twitter and, and they start gloating. And then, you know, the next week you could get absolutely trolloped by some piece of shit team at the bottom of the league. So... It all depends on who you are and how you run your club and, uh, and the way you look at the, the results. What does mental health mean to you? I've learned a lot more about mental health since uh, the passing of Mike and since um, since we started this the, the Mike Strong Memorial yeah. uh, campaign or whatever we're calling it. 
Um, I think I, I, I think a lot of people would would have looked at it as stereotypically back in the day or oh, he's mental don't go near him or don't go near her or don't get involved you know people people are wary of people like that but i think now people are more open to to wanting to help people yeah but i think i, I think it's having the understanding of other people's minds and not being so one-dimensional i think you have to you have to understand that you know joe blogs next door he's not gonna have he doesn't he's not gonna have the same opinions as you and he's not gonna have the same way of thinking as you so i think it's important that people understand that everybody on this planet is not the same and they have to understand that people do have their own views and visions and ways of doing things and you know so it for me it's it's being it's being understanding, it's being patient, it's not being so, you know, like horse blinkers on tunnel vision, things like that. It's it, it's having, I think patience is a key thing as well. Yeah. Um, if you find a friend that you've, that you've known for years, and do you know, I, I haven't really mentioned this before, but I think I, a very good friend of mine, I think he might be going down sort of the mental health route. You know, not at the moment, but he probably has been over the last two years or so. And I've never, I've never said anything to him, and but you just learn to, you know, sort of adapt to to their surroundings and situations, and you almost put yourself in their situation. Yeah, and you almost want to um, maybe back off a little bit and then let them speak, let them have their say, let them talk at you. And again, depending on what type of person you are, uh, I mean, I'm very I mean, I'll, I'll wrap it on as I'm doing now. Like, I, I could talk for England, and sometimes I need to learn to shut up. But then again, on the other hand, that's what we're all saying here. You know, get it off your chest. Talk to who you want, when you want, and get it, you know, because there will be someone that does listen. You will have a friend that will say, you know, should we go out for coffee or should we, I don't know, take a ball over the park, have a kick about, and, you know, sit on a bench and have a chat about this, that, and the other, or whatever it might be. Mm. So I think going back to the original question i think it's having that understanding for me of how other people's brains work uh, i mean i've just enrolled on a, a mental health support uh, course at work because i want to doing what i do now within through grassroots and with mike's family and things i want to be able to know as much as i can about everything about all the aspects of it you know i want to be able to um, I don't want to say help people because I'm not I'm not no like Mother Teresa sitting here or Princess Diana, do you know what I mean? I'm not doing that type of thing but I think if we can if we can all take that extra bit of time to to to, to ask to talk to people, to ask people how they're getting on and, and this I think things will be a lot easier and and people will feel a lot more open to um to, to about their lives really and a lot of these issues hopefully fingers crossed will go away. I'm doing a course at the moment through Paul Paul Ray from the Selk 11 uh, team yep. and the Peoples. And a lot of that, you know, I've got through a few units of that now. And a lot of that is, you know, you can help them by supporting them just by letting them know someone's there. Like just by Absolutely. speaking to them, people feel alone or they feel embarrassed or they feel stupid that they've got this thing that's dragging them down. Yep. And just yep. let just someone talking to them is just enough to get to let someone know Cause, that someone's cause there. I think there's a lot of the time... You know, say something terrible happens to someone, right? And the first initial thing you're going to think is, 
oh, fucking hell. Like, I was only talking to him last week. Like, why didn't I say anything? Like, why didn't I... And you're never going to know because, again, Mike, Mike is the, as the example, Mike was a man's man. Mike was a hard... He was a hard nut. Do you know what I mean? He was... He didn't take no shit from anyone. So... And if you sort of went down that route with him, he probably would have told you to fuck off. Because yeah. he... He well, number one, he probably didn't want to admit that there were things going on, and number two, he didn't. He had that personality about him where that that was just his makeup. That was just who he was, and and I don't think people realise that it only takes, like I said, just that one. It hasn't got to be. It hasn't got to be in depth. For, you know, just pick your phone up, just go and WhatsApp. I ain't got to phone anyone, or, you know, if it comes to it, then fair enough, but, like, it can just be a message. Yeah. Do you know, hey, dude, how's your day been? What you got? Okay, just keep someone's brain ticking over. If you get four or five people doing that to all your mates now, then it creates such a whirlwind of conversation, and it will, it will help people out immensely. And I've even been in situations myself where, you know, you find yourself a bit quiet, and you think, oh, fucking hell. All of a sudden, I'll get three or four messages pop through, and I have had people checking on me as well. And it, I, people, I've, I've had it said to me before where people think because I do what I do and I run these things that I do, that I'm not affected myself. Yeah. But to have these people, these three or four people checking on me, is nice because it does make you feel a little bit not important, but it makes you feel, oh, I do. You know, I do, um, I am there in someone's life, or I am, you know, and it, and it makes you feel a little bit sort of proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, you've made an impact on someone's life for them to even speak to you or ask yeah. you how you are. And so I think it's, I think it's important that, uh, and more than ever, you know, recently, you know, we've had a whole year wasted because, because of the coronavirus and it, more than ever now. And now that we might have this light at the end of a tunnel, we're talking about a vaccine. That's 90% accurate now, aren't they? And hopefully, um, hopefully it, that will be the case. And a vaccine before Christmas or something? I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of opinions flying around and it's happening. So hopefully we can sort of start to move on with our lives, get back to normality, and which will make also make things a lot easier for people as well. Agreed. Back to the football. Is grassroots, is grassroots football win at all costs? Uh, yes and no. I want to say yes, obviously, because nobody wants to lose a game of football. Um, Are there values? You mentioned about not bragging or not being uh, big about wins. Is there is yeah. there a philosophy to football that you like to stick to? And whether you win or lose, um, it doesn't matter so much. But is but is it win at all costs? Is, is that what grassroots football is about in your mind? No. No, I would say it's more about um, enjoyment. It's more about seeing your friends. Um, and if you win a few games on the way, then it's, it's a bonus. Um, if you have success, and I will use the Sunday Reserved as an example, uh, if you have the success that they have had as a bunch of friends, you've got that, you know, forever in your in, in your memory bank. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. got that. Um Yes, we all want to win games of football, but nobody likes to lose because it ruins your week, it ruins your Sunday afternoon or your Saturday afternoon. Um, and but yeah, sorry again, I, 
no, it's not win at all costs. We've got to remember, we're not all Premier League stars. We're not all Premier League footballers. We're not in a Champions League or in a World Cup. We're playing, we're playing football in a ground round the back of Orbison. Do you know what I mean? Or we're going down to keep our playing fields on a Sunday morning. So, and as I, I think there are certain teams that get carried away with that. I won't, I won't mention teams, um, but I think you probably know all know who they are. Um, I think a certain Saturday and Sunday sides, Sunday more, um, more currently, they get carried away with that, and it's all about the uh, the YouTube. It's all about the the sponsorship deals, and it's all about you know. So for me, no, but I think other people get carried away, and it, it is yes, we have to win no matter what we do. If we have to bring in, you know, Mister X Y Z who played in the Premier League. 10 years ago then we'll do it just to win that game um, but yeah for me no it's not it's more about enjoyment it's more about taking your mind off things and, and, and just enjoying yourself with friends how do you deal how do you deal with losing or not having a good game badly <laughs> um, well, well you, if you lose on a Saturday and Sunday are you up till Wednesday Thursday with the with the feeling shit <laughs> or is it is it Tuesday or is it Monday morning you walk through the doors at work and you're sort of it's, it's forgotten um, I'll probably say depending on the result yeah it probably it probably hangs on me till about Tuesday because I know Wednesday I've got I'll, I'll be training um, whether that be with Greenwich or Farnborough um, so it depends again it really depends on the manner of the loss it really you know if we've got so Saturday Let's say we've gone out and we've we've had an absolute stinker and we've been bashed five nil and as you can probably imagine any and we really played badly, no one did their job, nobody listened to anything that I said, everybody did the complete opposite. Um, I'm raging, I'm fuming and you know, I, I'm not even staying for a beer after, I'm packing up and I'm going home. Why should I have to sit there and you know, why am I gonna if I've told you something before the game, why are you going to listen to anything I've got to say when we're having a casual chat after the game? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but if we've played well and we've lost the game, it's not so bad. We went on a bit of a shitty run um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was the the house did game, actually. Um, away to house did. We lost 2-0. But the performance was really good. Uh House in top of the league and are probably going to win that division. Um, I'll sit here every week and say, yeah, we'll do everything we can to win the league. Realistically, they're probably going to win the league unless there's some massive upsets. Um, so if we get smashed and we deserve it, then yeah, don't bother talking to me until Wednesday. Um, but if it's more of a house city type game where we rise to the occasion and we play well, but we lose. I don't necessarily mind that because we've tried to, we've tried to win. We've tried to do the things that you know. We've tried to play football through the lines. We've tried to play football properly and not just miss tackles and play thirty-yard balls over the top because that's not what we do. So if the performance is right and we and we lose, I don't mind. I mean, like, going back to win at all costs, you know, I want to win though. I do want to win, but if we lose, then if the performance is right, I'm happy. So, interesting question here. Yeah. If you win, but it's a shit performance, what does your where, where do you where? How does your mind work with that? 
first thing I'll say is if anyone's seen that that gif of Eddie Hearn, he says something like, uh, fuck me, how'd you get away with that one? Or something like that. <laughs> it's it's like scraping. Like We beat Greenways 2-1 last year, I think, and we fucking scraped it. And I was like, boys, fuck me. How the fuck have we done that? I mean, yeah, we'll have a laugh and joke about it because we've won. And you can be a little bit more relaxed about it because you know you've got the three points or you know you've progressed through to the next round of the cup or whatever it might be. Um, but you can be... You could have that moment of relaxation because you won the game, but then you also have to accept that in the performances need to be better. And say you scrape a one nil win, and it could have been five or six. It could all come down to goal difference by the end of the season, things like that. So those games where you could have won five or six nil, but you've only scraped a one nil win because you played shit, they're not good enough. So you get the win, you have a you have a laugh about it for five ten minutes, and then you bring you, you bring the boys back down to train. Uh, back, that, that, excuse me, start again. You bring the boys back down to earth at training, and you say to them, "Look, Saturday was not good enough. We got the three points. That's the most important thing. However, this is what we need to do better, and this is how we move forward from it." And we did that at ha- uh, house did so we, we lost two nil, but we played well. But the following week, we went and smashed Broms five one, and we played really well. So I like to think that the better performances, even if we do lose a game, they do uh, have a knock-on effect. And, and it did, as a perfect example there, we lost to House, they played really well, played really well against Broms and won 5-1. So do you see what I mean? It's like yep. a domino effect. Uh, the, some, I've seen it said that people say never too high, never too low as a manager. Take everything yep. with, as a, with a pinch of salt. Um, a win's a win and a loss is a loss just interesting yeah. psychology that a loss could hang on could you could hang on to that until tuesday in a week but is it is it do you hang on to a good win the same way or is that job done move on to the next game with, um, with a good win i think again it just depends on the circumstances purely because going back to the loss so if you, if you lose that game but you play well you're thinking about the things that you, that you have done well and how you can then mould that into the next game. So you can go, oh yeah, well the two holding the two CDMs played really well and they did this well, they did that well, they linked up with the right winger really well. Okay, maybe in training we can work on a right-sided um, to a central transition game because they did that really well on the Saturday. So, but if again, it, it's more it, it's it's more about having. The, the right mentality I think because I think if you're very if you're not if you don't want to admit that you're not good enough to win certain games um, then I think you're at a stumbling block already so I think you need to be mentally prepared or mentally ready and in the right frame of mind to, to know when you haven't played well and when you have played well so there's a, there's a difference there but a lot of these managers will go out and be like oh well you know we've done alright but you know we've got to win anyway and fuck it we move on as you just say but to me it all depends on if you go out and beat top of the league 6-0 that's the first game they've lost all season you're going to be hanging on to that for the whole week because it's the circumstances <laughs> yeah but if you go and beat bottom of the league 10-0 it, it doesn't have the same effect so it does depend who you're playing um, the, the, again uh, the, maybe the goal scorers you might have someone who's got his first goal for the club there's lots of different factors to it um, but yeah, there are. I think it, it it can be down to being in the right frame of mind that you can accept those wins and accept those defeats, however they come. What affects you more, a Charlton loss or a Farnborough reserves loss or a Greenwich Mariners loss? 
farmer loss, hundred percent. Because that's. I, a... I, I, I'm used to Charlton losing. I'm used to it now. <laughs> We're doing all right at the minute, though. So yeah, I'll yeah. take that. <laughs> um, Greenwich. Uh, it's no detriment to Greenwich at all. I've been there two years now. Um, they're a good bunch of lads. Um, uh, in my opinion, uh, Jamie Nimmo will probably disagree with me. Uh, when when we lose games, we deserve to lose games. There will be the odd one where we play well and it just doesn't fall for us, admittedly. But when we when we lose games, we we deserve to lose them, and that's usually because good enough um, against the teams you know that we played. Um, we played the. Um, we played uh, Blackheath Wanderers, I think, or Blackheath Youth, I don't remember who it was, um, in the Westfar. Just uh, Blackheath, I think, Westfar. mate. Yeah. Um, and we lost 2-1. And that wasn't actually a bad game. We could have won that game. Um, difficult pitch, difficult conditions. Um, I'm adapting to a new role there. I've gone from playing either middle of the front three, right or left, to now 10. Um, so I've gone from scoring the goals to creating them. Uh, which I don't mind, which is which is nice for me. Me and Jamie had a conversation and we did it in training a couple of times um, and it worked really well. I like getting on the ball. I like I like putting the ball in behind, uh, in between the full-backs. And when I get on the ball, when I play, I can still play. Um, it's just a bit without the ball is annoying. A lot of a lot of movement, a lot of running around, a lot of... Um, and especially if the game isn't going for you, you could find the ball is just going over your head continuously. Yeah. And find that is new for me because I'm either on the end of it. Well, I'm always on the end of it, so to say. Um, so that's a new thing that I'm having to adapt to um, at the minute. But when it goes for us, it goes really well. Like I said, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think Jamie likes having me in there. Otherwise, he wouldn't play me there. Um, formed a nice partnership with um, Chris Mokes, Justice for Mokesy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's nice to, to be in there with someone that I've known sort of on the grassroots scene for a while now. How do you or your club help someone who opens up to you about mental health issues? I won't speak about a club because I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for them. We do have a club captain. Um, so we have someone that uh, an individual or a player could go to as a neutral um, with any issues, whether that be within a club or a player. Um, so Alex Barnes, he currently plays for our third team. Um, he's been at Farnborough for 15 years or whatever. Um, he's our club captain. I don't I actually think a lot of people know that uh, at the club and outside the club. Um, and I'm quite surprised he's still club captain because he don't do... He does fuck all. So um, I'm not sure <laughs> where that decision lies, but hey-ho, that's not for me to make. Um, but if it's me, uh, if, 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 I have a, if I have a player that comes to me, um, I prefer to do things face-to-face because uh, emotionally you can see how people are feeling. Um, if it has to be on the phone or over text, or voice notes, then so be it. But I, I've, I haven't had anyone sort of ever really approach me in that sense but I think if I ever did um, I would encourage I mean you never know really how you're going to feel until it actually happens but I, I would certainly encourage 
that person to 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 just obviously speak about whatever they want let them know there's no boundaries there's no judgment there's no um you know, this is a, wherever we may be. It's a safe environment to, to say what you like about what you like. I'll have no opinion. Um, I'm just here for for that person to. I'm, I'm here to listen, really. Uh, if they want my opinion, you then have to look at that person and think about how they are going to respond to your response. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I'm not saying sit there and lie to them. But maybe just, you know, if, if you think that if there's something that, that has been said to you that you don't necessarily agree with or you think could be done in a better way, maybe it needs to be sort of sugar-coated a little bit and not be as... Because some people will take the the um, the approach, well, this is it, that's how it should be, that's my opinion, fuck it, that's how it is type thing. And that's not the right thing to do because people are suffering and people... You know, people will be sitting at home now and just in their rooms, maybe listening to music or uh, uh, flicking through social media. And 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 that is people's lives at the minute. And if I, like I said, if I find someone that comes to me and and, and, and wants to open up, and by all means, and I, I'll always encourage it. And that goes for anyone. You don't have to play for Farnborough. You know, it it goes for Greenwich players, it goes for anyone in the Selk 11, you know, so it goes for anyone really. In mean, I like to think that people know that I've been in and around this scene for long enough now to understand, or I like to think I understand how the average human brain thinks. I know we're not all the same as I said earlier, but it's just so important that people understand that they're not alone. I know it's such a cliche and it sounds... How much How much has your response to that question changed in the last 18 months since, sadly, losing Mike, uh, starting up the Mike Strong uh, Memorial, yeah. uh, starting yeah. the Selk 11 team uh, with me? Yeah. How much has your response to that question changed in that time? We've done a lot, haven't we? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, I, do you know what? I'll be honest. I probably wouldn't have been as accommodating as I am now. Um, you, it's usually, and it's not, it's not the right way for things to happen. But usually, it does take something like this for you to realise that, okay, everybody's not okay. People aren't all right. That typical cliche that we all we've all heard a hundred times. It's okay not to be okay. Um, what I think, I, what I think, I'm trying to get at, and I'm not obviously blaming anyone for what happened to Mike, but things happen that just that one text or that one phone call that you talk about, yeah, it can be the difference. And you don't know how how far along the line uh, Mike was with his with his troubles. Obviously, he was quite oh. a long. He was at the very end, sadly. Yeah. But those yeah. those instances of just making contact with someone, checking in with them, that can stop yeah. that situation happening, can't it? Yeah, and and I and I think I I don't want to say that I know what went on with Mike and his and his closer friends because I don't. Um, if I did, I, I would I, I'd, I'd say um, Mike was uh, Mike was um, at the end of a two year um, battle with his ex girlfriend uh, over his kids, and um, she basically she basically said that he couldn't see the kids anymore. Uh, she was the type of person that um, if he would set up to go and pick them up she would go out on purpose um, she would then 
the, you know the girls would ask where he was and she would tell she would tell the girls that daddy didn't want to see him um so you can imagine that he's finding all this out and, you know, i wouldn't even begin to imagine what that would do to me as a person and yeah. so, someone like someone like mike it didn't happen to him and but it, you know, it obviously did, but it, it didn't happen to someone like him because he wasn't that type of person. From you know, I'd known him since I was fifteen. I'm thirty-one now, and see, he never changed. He was always that that he always had that type of personality. But then to, to hear the things that that happened, you know, I spoke to his mum. I still speak to her now, obviously, and, and I'll I'll speak. I'll be around for as long as they want me to be. His brothers, his sisters, his nieces, his nephews, this, that, and the other. Um, his uncles, his aunties. So he was going through. Uh, I don't mind talking about this because I think we do. Uh, you know, we've never really got, we've never really sort of mentioned what happened, and a lot of people want to know, but they don't ask the question. So it's. I think it's important that people understand that he wasn't. How do I? He, he wasn't. Um, he was a. It was. It was a daily battle with his ex-partner over his kids um, and I don't think he obviously thought there was a way out and I don't think that he thought that the kids loved him or, or whatever whatever it might have been um, but he probably opened up to his girlfriend Hannah at the time and he probably told her and they probably had a few conversations about it oh she's a fucking bitch this that and the other and then you kind of leave it there so maybe and, and again I'm not blaming Hannah for, for any of this at all no. but maybe Hannah didn't turn around and say, you know, Mike, really, you know, let's have a chat about it. What can we do about this? Can we sort this out? So, you know, Hannah had had a child of her own, I think. So maybe his his um, directions or his attention was focused there at times. Um, so I, I think I mainly think that people didn't see it coming purely because of the type of person that he was, and that was the most heard thing I'd heard after he died. Um, Oh, not someone like Mike, not someone like Mike. But that proves that it can happen, it can be happening to anyone. So the difference between that text or that conversation, if you're thinking in your brain to do it, what's stopping you? As soon as you, you think as soon as you think in your head, fucking hell, I ain't heard I ain't heard from him for a little while. I will give him a little I'll give him a little message. If you don't message Absolutely. that if you don't message that person right there or give him a phone call right there. You don't know what you don't know what could happen. So give them a fucking text. Send them a text. Yeah, because what, what, what's the harm? What is the harm? It's going to take you five seconds, ten seconds, if that. If you're slow, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but nine times out of ten, and touch with it is nine times out of ten. Like, there's a couple of lads in my team that, and there's always a couple in in the group. They don't say fuck all. They're just there for the match details. Um, send them a text. How you doing, mate? You all right? a bit quiet I'm going, yeah mate fine just getting on with it blah 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 you know and they're just the quiet ones so nine times out of ten touch with that's them yeah but it's it's that one in that ten that could be struggling so if you're thinking of doing it just do it there's no shame in doing it worst case they turn around and say fuck off leave me alone I'm I'm fucking going for my missus or whatever whatever <laughs> but you know what I mean yeah 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 <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else to say to you, man. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't text back at that moment, I don't think. Well, exactly. I did think that when I said that, to be fair. Uh, so, what advice would you give someone on 
what what advice would you give someone who feels like they need help with their mental health don't be embarrassed you know people that are are on the understanding of what, what mental health is about know not, not necessarily know what you're going through but know what ex, well expect the sort of questions and and the conversations to happen because you know that's what they want to do they want to be there for people they want to be able to to um to help people out so the, the biggest thing for me is don't be ashamed don't you know it, at the end of the day if you're struggling you're struggling but get it off your chest don't make it worse don't let it get worse don't let it sort of brew up inside of you until one day it explodes because that's not that's not the way to deal with things that's like anything you know you could be you could have some dim light work who gets on your nerves every single day at 10 o'clock every every morning and then you end up on a friday afternoon beating the fuck out of him because you've let him get to you every morning do you know what i mean you let him get to you every morning so just take that time to turn around and say to that person like you know or ignore that person or have a chat with that person say leave it out or you know or whatever it might be but just the, the, i think more people are, are scared about being judged and scared about what other people think yeah that's 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 the route i would go down with it and and that's a bloke thing isn't it yeah yeah I, again mike is a perfect example he was a bloke he was a man's man he didn't want to talk to no one because there was never anything wrong with him so it's, it's definitely a male thing i think and this counts for women as well we're not just sitting here saying this is a male it happens to men it happens to women as well but i think men, uh, women are more open to speak about things because they are women and it's then they, they find it easier you know adrenaline and testosterone in, in men is always a lot higher so why why is a man going to want to open up to his mate is he going to it, it it kind of it goes back to maybe like your school days where your, your secondary school days where you start talking to your mate and they call you a gay boy or or whatever it might be because you you're having a a hard sort of in in-depth chat with your mate yeah and it's like do you, do you understand what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. And a lot of people would have held on to things like that, you know. Do you know you what most it? of it? Do you know what most of it is? I, that, this course that I've been doing, and it's so it's a really really good course. So if you want to get if you want to do it, get in touch. But yeah, I've um, got the details for that. Yeah, course. Cool, most me. most people don't ask the question, "Are you okay?" Because they they don't know how to deal with the response. Yeah, that's true. So people feel people don't know anything. People don't know much about mental health. They don't know how to deal with the response. They don't. They they feel embarrassed themselves. They don't. You know. Yeah. They they feel guilty for the person that's, that's got the the mental illness. It's yeah. um. It's a really good course, but it, it just reinforces that if you can't help them yourself, get them to a GP. You know, no one's going to be fucking sectioned and put in a in a straitjacket and run down to yeah. a local loony bin there's plenty yeah. of things there's support groups there's talking groups there's all sorts of things before you even get anywhere near medication or um, compulsory therapy as they call it which is putting you into hospital uh, to, to yeah. as a to if you're a risk to yourself and others and yeah. um, there's so yeah. many other things that you can do and talking to your mates is the first is the first port of call because they're your mates and and they'll hopefully put a smile on your face but then get to your family go to your extended family 
then if they can't help you or you're still feeling that way go to a gp and, and get referred to these loads and loads of support groups that are out there where you can go and talk to other people and understand that it's not just it's not just you suffering from these things there's lots of people and you can all talk about things and then begin to to sort it out and and, and understand that this isn't this isn't you this is an illness and it can but it can be treated over time I think a lot of a lot of um, a lot of it is where <clears throat> it's so stereotypical to go. Oh, call someone mental. Oh, you're fucking mental, mate. You know, it, it's it's so stereotypical as you just said. You know, depression tablets, straitjackets, fucking things like that. It's, it's just so cliche to being called mental, and that's what I think turns people to go back into their shell and not want to say anything. Oh, I don't understand anything in case that happens or that happens or or that happens. So it's just so. I mean, I don't want to sound so relaxed about it, but it's just so easy just to, or maybe it is for me, but it's just so easy just to just someone you trust, your best mate or your mum, your dad or your nan, your uncle, your dog, your cat, whatever. But just again, I can't stress it enough. It's just it's, it is as easy as just sending that message or making that call or whatever it might be, you know, are you okay? And that is all it needs to be. And I've had, I've had a few, well, I say I've, I've had two, I think. Um, I've had two messages sent to me from the, um, to the Mike Memorial um, page. You know, I really like what you're doing. Um, I think, it, you know, it's great what you're doing for the girls, but not just for the girls, but for mental health awareness. So it's nice to know that it doesn't go unappreciated as well. Yeah. Well, it is for, I mean, the, the, the point of the uh, charity initially was a trust fund for the girls, but it's gone a bit bigger than that. And it's it's just giving people um, an awareness that, you know, Mike was this larger than life lad who didn't talk about what his problems were and, and paid the ultimate price. And that's what we're trying to do through this um, series of podcasts and through the through the podcast itself and the Selk 11 yeah. is to raise yeah. awareness of just, just fucking talk. We've, um, do you know, we've put 9,000 pounds into that account. Nine grand. In, in what? 10 months. Yes. Cause the, it was January last year. It was January this year. Sorry. Wasn't it? Yeah. That's amazing. 9,000 pounds. Only going to get bigger once, once this fucking lockdown fucks off, it's killing our games. Well, obviously we would have to cancel the peak one, the FC peak, that we're due to play them in November, so that's fine. Um, but I think now it just means we just have to do more games. If we have to cut the price for the for the boys that get involved, that's fine, because we just have more across the year. I don't see anyone objecting to that. And then all leading up to the, the annual one, which is looking very unlikely for this January, um, because we packed 350 people into Bromley earlier this year. I don't think we'll be able to do that again without no. getting fined and slung out of Bromley. No. Um, so that'll have to go on ice, and then it just gives gives an ex- us an excuse to, to to make it bigger and better when we can do it. How proud are you of that initiative? I look back on it now, and I was, <laughs> I think about the actual night, and I was so fucking stressed, man. Like I was. I only played the first half because I knew I had stuff to do in the second half. We didn't have enough raffle tickets. I don't think I had enough help. Um, I didn't realise how many people would actually be there. Um, so maybe 
I underestimated it a little bit. Um, but I look back on it now and I've, you know, everybody knows that I'm grateful for their help and uh, and the people that were involved and all the boys um, that played as well as the Becker Manor boys and, and the All-Stars boys that played. Obviously, yourself, Jim and Dave, um, officials from the night and, and all the other sponsors and cameraman and videography and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a really successful event, which raised a hell of a lot of money. Um and it gives it sets a benchmark for me now of how I can make it bigger and better. I've already got some ideas in my head, um, which I might be able to work more on if it gets postponed for a couple of months. Maybe look to do something over the summer so we can get some barbecues going and things like that. Um, but we shall see what this uh, this lockdown brings and poses. Thanks for your time, Nick. Well, you've had enough of it. It's nice to hear. You, it's nice to hear your voice not talking about not slagging off Saturday league teams. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> mate. You were a brilliant. You're a brilliant first uh, episode. It felt right that you'd be the first, the first one on. Being that, um, that. stay strong was was your was your hashtag for the Mike Strong Memorial. Obviously, we jumped on board to try and support it in our little in our little way with the podcast. But you really are the driving yeah, force behind that. And credit to you for doing that. You know, you didn't need to do it, but I know it does mean something to you personally as well. So, yeah, thanks for jumping on and helping me boost it. Mate, I'll speak to you soon and uh, good luck with everything through lockdown. Lovely. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Dollar, mate. See you later. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.